You're listening to the Bride Chilla Podcast, helping bride chillas and groom chillas plan their wedding minus the bullshit, one podcast at a time. Yes, indeed, this is a 100% bullshit-free zone, and uh, if you are new to the podcast, you will soon learn that I have no filter, and I'm fine with that. My name is Alicia. I am the host of the show. Welcome to the Friday Quickie, where I fill you in on things that are happening. I often use this episode as an extended Q&A episode of the podcast, but also I like to catch up on things, your feedback, see what you're doing, and also uh, answer more questions. I think I've already said that. There we go. I'm really happy this week I've been doing a bit of an experiment on the Bride Chiller podcast Facebook page. I don't know if you're like me, I fall in and out of love with various social media pages slash apps, whatever we're going to call them. I sometimes get very angry and then don't want to do social media at all. But actually, social media is such a huge part of what I do. It's how I connect with you. It's how I get messages. So Facebook Live has been something that I've been seeing lots of other people do. And that is like a live broadcast. You just set your video camera up or your phone. I've been just using my phone and you chat. And it's a bit weird because sometimes you're talking to no one. It's just like you're recording a message. And then sometimes lots of people pop up and they write messages and you're trying to talk. And I, it's, I think it's like playing the didgeridoo. And this is a very Australian reference. Just go with me. The didgeridoo is uh, played by the Indigenous people of Australia. And it's a very specific task where you have to breathe in through your nose and blow out your mouth at the same time. It's circular breathing. Go with me on this. I think <laughs> Facebook Live is a little bit like playing the didgeridoo because you have to be able to talk and read at the same time. Now, you can stop and have a conversation, but if you have a bit of a train of thought going and someone's talking, asking questions, it can be a little difficult. I also think it's a little bit like when uh, I used to do a lot of live television and we would have an auto cue, and I really enjoyed reading the auto cue, but also if you fucked up, uh, you had to be quite quick. Well, actually, the auto cue operator had to be very quick to fix shit up or you just had to ad lib. And that's fine as long as you're not in a news reading environment. Not that I was in that very often, but sometimes we had to do quite serious segments on the show I worked on. And, uh, well, you know me, I like to dick around. And that doesn't always work when you're talking about political serious things. So to sum that up, I've been enjoying Facebook Live. I've been jumping on and using it. I'm actually calling it Bride Chiller Live, of course. And I've been using it as a way to connect with your questions. Sometimes you write to me and say, Alicia, I need, oh, I'm sorry, but I'm getting married next week or I've got a problem. I need a solution now. And it's a really good avenue for me to be able to just get out there, answer your question really quickly. But also, here's my favorite part of this situation, is that I get immediate feedback. So I ask questions. And all of you wonderful Facebook followers, if you're not following, you need to jump on board and get involved because it's fun. You all jump in and go, oh, I think this. Or I saw this. Or here's a link to that. And I adore it. I love this community so much. You make me so proud because you are all jumping in. There's none of this shit. And I know I've received numerous correspondences. Is it correspondences? That's not a real word. <laughs> if Rich was here right now, he'd go, for God's sake, check the dictionary. I've received lots of emails from people saying, 
they're happy with the podcast because there's no dissing. And I think if you've heard the episodes I recorded with Meg from A Practical Wedding, one of my very favorite wedding planning blogs, and uh, she writes amazing books as well. She was sort of saying this weird culture that we've developed uh, where we turn on each other. And it's not just in the wedding industry. It's, it's sort of social media in general where people are really quick to write nasty comments about people's wedding photos, people's decisions. And I've seen this happen on forums and on Facebook pages where someone has legitimately asked a question for some advice about their wedding planning, about relationships. And so quickly people lose, and I talked about filters at the top of this show, but I think my filter isn't a nasty filter. I just, I'm just honest, but not in a way that I feel like I'm hurting anyone's feelings. And gosh, if I hurt your feelings, I would rather you tell me in real life and in podcast land. But it's really weird to watch these people just drop their shit and leave. And I think that's the dangers of social media and also forums and blogs when it comes to people commenting on such a personal thing. And that is your wedding is something that you put a lot of your heart and soul into and it's your style and it's your decisions and it reflects you and your partner. It shouldn't really matter what Joe Bloggs uh, over in Arkansas or Nancy in Perth think about your choices. However, Another argument, I suppose, would be that people put themselves out there, they want feedback, and uh, they have to be ready to receive that. But what I love about my beautiful bride chiller social media outlets is that I have never had to kick anyone off. I've never had to sort of say, hey, don't be an asshole. You're all very respectful and supportive. So for that, I give you one million gold stars and kisses. And I think it's really nice to be able to be in a supportive community like that. I'm not saying we can't have opinions. We just don't be pricks. That's really where I'm at. Now, yesterday's episode of the, I nearly said save the date. This is the Bride Chiller podcast. I need to get, I've said save the date so many hundreds of times. I'm going to slip up time after time and you're just going to have to get used to it. It's fine. I had some wonderful feedback about the episode with my cousin Belinda, who is marrying Luke in November in Hawaii. And gosh, I am so excited. I'm excited to see them get hitched. I'm excited because the McCormacks, well, most of the McCormacks were coming from Australia. So I get to see our wonderful family. And I'm excited to meet Luke's family. And I'm going to be the MC of the wedding. And as you heard in that episode, it's really fun. It's a really fun idea because I know in the States, the role of the MC is often done by a DJ or someone that's not necessarily part of the family. They might be hired in. I know in Australia and also in the UK, uh, we really do usually ask a family member or friend, usually sometimes it's an uncle uh, who gets a bit drunk, but uh, it's usually a role of someone that they know. And I I'm already very excited about doing this gig. <laughs> I'm not allowed to call it a gig, but I really, it's like, you know, I, I get a bit itchy because when I lived in Australia, I did a lot of corporate MC work. I would turn up. I was one of these people that as a comedian and as a TV, ugh, I hate saying personality, but someone that was on the telly, I would be hired to host corporate events. So I would be the person who would come and do, you know, your corporate award show. And by the end of the night, people would get really drunk and then I would turn into some sort of school principal telling everyone to shut up 
if they just shut up, we could finish this night and they could go off and get more drunk. So that's the glamours of what I do. But I'm so looking forward to this event and I'm really looking forward to obviously doing a couple more shows about Belinda and Luke's planning and the lead up to their wedding because we got really good feedback. Not that I'm surprised, but you know, we were we were both not nervous but going, well, we you know, the McCormacks, we just were having a chat, really. Belinda and I were in the back seat of a car and I ended up getting two episodes of content out of our chat. So I was sort of delighted that I received such lovely feedback. But I've got a couple of emails here I wanted to share with some solutions. See, this is again our lovely community coming together, providing feedback and good vibes, and that makes me very happy. So firstly, I wanted to thank Sarah. She sent me an email and she said, Hey, Alicia, I've just finished listening to the second part of your interview with your lovely cousin, Belinda, and thought I'd weigh in on the seating plan discussion. Now, if you haven't heard yesterday's episode, quick recap, Belinda and Luke are planning what I would say is a fairly laid back and casual style of wedding. They're very organized, but they aren't trying to, we're not sweating on the small, the little things, the small details. They would like it. It's a beach Hawaiian wedding. They want it to be that sort of vibe. And that also delights me to no end. But there was a question that was raised in yesterday's episode, and that was all about seating plans. And should they be doing a seating plan or can they have a free for all? (laughs) <laughs> this is a toughie and uh, I actually really wanted I, I was considering getting my Auntie Anne on the show but she this is Belinda's mum I love my Auntie Anne so much and she would be great she will be on the show I'm gonna get her on but my my cousin Claire Belinda's sister just had a baby yay uh, a few days ago so I thought it's probably not opportune for them to be coming on the show when they are new grandparents and very busy doing that. However, Kazani Ann said, I think you should have a seating plan. I don't think you should go rogue. Sarah says, I tend to think of having a seating plan as a nice way of looking after your guests rather than an old fashioned tradition. I'm sure most people have been at a function where they have been the last person to find a seat and ended up sitting awkwardly with a group of people that they don't know. Even though I think myself uh, as a pretty friendly, confident in person in general, I've also some social anxiety issues. My social anxiety is often triggered when I'm in unfamiliar settings where I don't know anyone. Well, this is a very good point. She says, and I know that for me, at least knowing where to sit helps reduce this. Okay, first point. This is great, Sarah. And I love that you've put yourself, well, you've put yourself out there. And also, it's wonderful to hear this feedback because we can shift our perspective and, you know, think about this from another point of view, which is, of course, something we didn't even consider how we're in our discussion in the backseat of the car, that, of course, these decisions have a knock-on effect. And, of course, we didn't even uh, think about how someone in the situation that you found yourself in, Sarah, with this anxiety that the unknown and also the randomness of it could trigger some level of social anxiety. Excellent point. Very good. All right, she goes on. Uh, Another consideration for me and my partner is our family situation. We're getting married in Melbourne in December. Yay, we're fellow Aussies. And our guest, sorry, 
I don't know why I'm excited by my fellow countrymen. There are 22 million of us, but I love you. Uh, And our guests include family members coming from four different states. Because each of our families don't get to see each other very often, I know our wedding will be a great opportunity for them to catch up. So we're planning to arrange the seating to help them do this. Additionally, we have a couple of friends at the wedding who won't know anyone. And although we will give them a plus one, we're also trying to sit them close to people they're most likely to get along with. However, I can imagine if we had a similar wedding party, particularly with the tight-knit group of guests, then a seating plan would probably seem unnecessary. Also wonderful points, and I'm happy that you mentioned this, because I think we did touch on it a little bit in yesterday's episode. There are some people in any, and I could pick 20 different wedding parties, uh, and they're all going to be different, and they're all going to have different relationships. You might be having a very close family wedding with 20 people, And uh, you might just go, everyone sit wherever they want. Absolutely fine. But of course, you are bringing together certain selection, uh, certain selections of people from your close community that may not know each other. And as you said, may be in a situation where they are suffering, as, as you say, they have social anxiety, people that aren't as extroverted as, uh, perhaps I am. (laughs) I mean, you put me in any situation and I will make a friend, but I know a lot of people aren't in that situation and a lot of people would find that a fucking nightmare. So I do think we need to be aware of a guidance. And I also, again, we just mentioned the idea to say, maybe just give them a table number. You don't have to say, Barry, you're going to be sitting next to John tonight. You don't have to do that. You could just say, Barry and John, why don't I always pick these names? You're sitting on table 12. Go and have a great night. Welcome. So you can still be guiding without being completely you know sort of saying exactly where people have to sit maybe that's a good sort of compromise to come up with don't know don't know Uh, also Sarah says I just want to say that I love capital l-o-v-e Belinda and Luke's pineapple theme and totally agree with her about too many decorations being a distraction when you're in a beautiful natural setting we are getting married at a restaurant on the edge of Melbourne, next to some bushland. Now, for those who don't know what bushland is, it's exactly what it sounds like. I know we've talked about the bush before, and uh, many people have written... (laughs) Actually, I remember I played a voice message with a girl saying she was from... She's a, a Brit living in Sydney, and she would sort of say, I'm going running in the bush, and all her fellow Brits were like, what the fuck, where are you going? Please be safe. But bushland, I don't know. It's just like a field with lots of bushes on it. The bush. We're going bush. Sarah says, not only does our venue have lots of windows with amazing views, it will also be daylight savings. So we should be able to watch the sunset during our reception dinner. Oh, that sounds nice. As such, we've decided to DIY some simple centerpieces that won't distract from the setting. We're currently collecting small jars, which we will fill with some bright, inexpensive flowers and foliage from a local wholesale florist. I also recently got a crazy quote from a florist, $330 for just one bouquet. So I'm considering learning how to DIY those bouquets for myself and three bridesmaids. Love the show and happy days. 
Thank you, Sarah, for that lovely feedback. And I do think if you are up for the task of DIYing a bouquet or a family member is up for the task, that's a good solution. But always be mindful of your time before the wedding. Now, I'm not saying go and pay 300 bucks. That's a lot of money. That's ridiculous. I don't care how fancy it is. But can I just say just quietly, and this is irrelevant for everyone else in the whole wide world, but this is just me and you, Sarah. I'm talking directly to you, Bridechiller Sarah. If you go to Smith Street in Fitzroy, and uh, in between Johnson Street, <laughs> this, everyone's like, shut up, Alicia, I don't care about this at all. There's a florist that we went to. It's very low key. I'm going to find it and send it to you. But honestly, they made our bouquet, my bouquet and they made some little corsages for my chicks for like 50 bucks. I'm not even kidding. And it was beautiful Australian wildflowers, natives they were. And it was gorgeous and they lasted forever and I love them. And we put them in the fridge a couple of days. We picked them up two days before and they were fine. I loved it. So you can shop around, but I do think be very mindful of your time when it comes to creating things like bouquets or at least have a backup plan if you panic and you can't get it done. Also, Costco is another option. Here's the break. I thought I'd do a little bit of an email catch up this week because I'm always very biased towards our lovely voice message people and I didn't want you to think just because I'm sending out the message that I like voice messages that I would ignore my wonderful email people. So I wanted to share Hannah got in touch with me and she says my name is Hannah I've just said that Alicia don't repeat yourself and I am writing well emailing from Illinois USA. That's where Belinda lives. Look at that, Chicago. Put that together. I'm getting married in a year and a half, and I actually heard your podcast. I heard about your podcast from my fiancé, who listened to a Groom Chiller Week episode at work. Well, good on him, because I appreciate anyone that can you know, go to work, listen to a podcast, get stuff done, multitasking. I drive 45 minutes to work every day, and your podcasts are what keep me sane. I love them. Well, thank you. I have a couple of questions. My fiance and I come from two different religious backgrounds. We have decided to get married at my church and I'm now facing a ton. She's written it in capitals. I thought that was a good way to say ton of backlash from the members of his church who are very against us getting married at my church. Mm, This sounds crazy, but how do I handle this? I have a very hard time taking criticism and it really hurts. Okay, I know there is more questions coming, but I just want to answer this one first. Hannah, I I feel sad for both of the members of the church because here's the thing. I as you know, I'm going to I'm honest kind of even speak. I'm honest here. I'm an atheist, I'm not a church-going person. I have all respect for anyone following whatever they want to do, whatever path that makes them happy, belief systems and ethos way of life. I do think that if you are a member of a church, that you should be respectful of other members of churches. If they're not impeding your way of life, they're not getting in your way of uh, your worship or whatever, they should be respectful of each other. Now, I say that, and if that shit happened, we probably wouldn't have all the wars and stuff going on that we currently do. So it's a very simplistic view of life I'm putting out there. But I thought good vibes to start off this conversation. I don't know when you say you're different religious backgrounds. And again, this shouldn't matter, but I just have to say it. If, for example, you're a Muslim and he's a Christian, or if 
you are a Hare Krishna and he is a Buddhist. I'm not really sure how extreme your two religious belief systems are. And I think this could change the way I answer the question. I mean, if you are both Baptists and you've got rival Baptist churches uh, and one really wants you to get married there and the other doesn't, then I would go, well, that's a bit silly. Uh, And they should both get a life and just be happy that you are getting married in your faith and enjoying yourselves. However, if you have quite conflicting, and I say conflicting in air quotes, which you can't see, backgrounds and belief systems, then this can cause trouble. I think you need to do what is right for you when it comes to if you have both agreed that you would like to get married in your church and your husband-to-be says, let's do it. I'm happy, then to be honest, and, and you know, take this to church and play it, play it to them, they'll love me, uh, is that that's your decision. And really, the other church should mind their own beeswax. Do you notice I didn't say should get fucked because that's not very respectful. But they should be really respectful of your decision. That's what you've decided to do. It doesn't mean that your husband's, uh, husband-to-be's belief systems are any less it doesn't mean that he has less respect or uh, you know, belief in the church. I think that's quite petty if they're being open and uh, hurtful in the way that they're criticizing you. I don't think it's really doing much for their cause. And this is not me being political, but I do think the fundamentals of, of most religions are be good to each other, be kind and respectful. And if they are causing you to feel some sort of grief and anguish, I don't think they're really doing their job. I don't know if this is something you want to broach with them. Maybe you just let them stew and have their own problems, as long as it's not putting your fiancé in problems. But also, I think that's it's not their business. You should do what's right for you, and you seem like you've both made that decision. Did I, I hope I didn't like dodge a bullet, but I hope I didn't go too light. I'd love to hear your feedback on that. Uh, Hannah says, my other question is about getting my groom involved. Well, he's been listening to Groom Chiller Week. He already gets five stars. I'm very lucky to have a fiancé who loves planning. I sounded a bit weird then. Loves planning. Sorry about that. I just want to say I did, before I recorded this episode, I did a P90X 30-minute workout. And uh, I've been eating a lot of biscuits. And this is not a body shaming thing, but I am going. We've got a long weekend in Tuscany next weekend with our very best friends. That also just sounded like a mean girl thing. Our very best friends. That is just good friends. Rich's best man, Casey, and his lovely wife, Jane, and their adorable son, Alex. They're coming all the way from Australia. And it's my last chance to put a pair of swimwear on before the weather goes to shit in London, because we all know it's going to. And I just want to feel good about being in those swimwear. And I went hard. And I think it's done something to my brain. She says, I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah, so she's lucky enough to have a fiancé who loves planning. Is this what you signed up for? Is this what you enjoy? Me just dicking on about doing P90X? I did get, can I just say, I got a four-star review recently. I know I'm going off on a tangent, and I know some of you don't like that. Tough titties. And the, the, the four-star review, I'm not resentful of the four-star review. I love a five-star review, but I also love feedback and I love your honesty (laughs) but one of the four-star reviews and there's only one so it's just the four-star review she says I think it's a she that I talk too much about other things about the podcast 
and I uh, should just stick back, go back to being more informative. So I would say I apologize, but also I think this show's evolved to being more about wedding planning in general and a little bit about me. <laughs> I mean, I'm a comedian. This is what we do. We talk about ourselves. If I was a wedding planner, it's like, hello, and there are other, I talk about this all the time, there are other wedding podcasts out there. Welcome to the world, other wedding podcasts. I'm nearly 200 episodes in, so, you know, I think I've sort of established myself in the wedding podcast realm, and I welcome everyone else. But if I was like, hello, and welcome to the show, I'm Alicia, here's today's facts. I mean, you'd all be, you'd be bored, I think. But I'm welcoming. I'm not bullying the four star review because I, I actually say I thank you for your feedback. And and that's not me being like mean girl. It's just me saying I thank you for the feedback. And I've acknowledged the feedback now. And I'm going to stop talking about it because I you shouldn't just shush. Hannah says, uh, wow, that went deep. Do you think I need to? It's like I need a counseling session about the four-star review. I just put so much work and effort into this, guys. My other question is about getting my groom involved. I am lucky enough to have a fiancé who loves planning. But every time I ask for his opinion, he says he doesn't care. I want this to be about the both of us and his opinion really matters. How can I make him excited and get his opinion without nagging? Mm. Now, this is a good question. I like, I like the fact that he did listen. And the fact he listened to Groom Chiller Week and got you onto the podcast. So to me, the fact that he is listening to a podcast about wedding planning is a big hint that he might be into the wedding planning. Now, I don't know if it's a communication thing. I don't know if he needs a gentle push. If there are ways, like in the episode that Rich and I hosted together, it was one of the Monday episodes in Groom Chiller Week. Some of the suggestions that we made was sort of finding tasks and areas of the wedding planning that your partner may be more interested in in giving more you know hands-on feedback and that doesn't mean you allocate the tasks it means just sitting down and saying hey what are you into what are things we can do together what are stuff you just don't give a shit about or things that you aren't as interested in as I am and let's work together to find things that we really want and I do think we get into a, a bit of a zone and this feels like something Rich and I can definitely talk about in Significant Other in the way that we communicate to each other when we've been together for a while. And we get into patterns. And the patterns of communication can trigger people's reaction very quickly when, you know, you just want to say, hi, I really would like some help with this. And it comes out like, why are you helping me? I don't understand why you're not helping me. So that's, even though you might be going, hi, I would really like some help with this. The other person, because of history, habits, they hear the other response. So I think as you use the word nagging, I'm sure that you're not nagging him, but I think you just need to find a way to be clear with each other about what you are expecting, your expectations of what you're going to both be getting involved in and what you're going to be working on together and trying to make it more of a team effort. I know this is a really obvious thing, but I think sometimes we need to hear the way we speak to each other and also maybe, I don't know, go out to dinner with a pad, a, a writing pad, and uh, sit down and go, listen, let's have a glass of wine. 
let's sex up this wedding planning. Not literally, but let's keep it going. Let's make it fun. Let's work together. What do we need to do? What are some fun things? What is What's some alternative ideas? I mean, really just have a little brainstorming session where perhaps he feels like you're not just saying, we need to do this, we need to do that. It's more of a workshop, a bit of a think tank. And that might spur him on to feel a little bit more like he is digging it. Hannah, she says, lastly, thank you so much for making these podcasts, Alicia. I love your advice about how to make your wedding your own instead of a wedding from a magazine. Sending my love from across the pond, Hannah. Thank you. And that's a lovely thing to say because I have been doing lots of... uh, Well, I've been writing my book and trying to really get my head down and doing lots of advertising copy to try and find new bride chillers. And that's the one thing that comes out when I talk about it is finding a path to make your wedding about you and finding your voice and really empowering you to feel confident with your choices and the way that you communicate and the decisions that you make. So I suppose just not to come back to four-star review, but just to come back and say, I think this podcast has evolved from when I first started it, from being a straight wedding information, you know, here's some tips, here's how to do it, to be a lot more full and interesting from my perspective to produce. I've been trying to find really exciting, interesting guests that aren't sort of mainstream people that would normally talk about weddings. I love finding new people. If you have read a book if you have read a blog or a topic or something that stands out for you that you would say, I would really love to hear more from them, or I would love Alicia to interview them, please send me the information, whether it's a screen grab of something, I don't know, because I feel really challenged by some of your requests in a positive way, and it really helps me, motivates me, and steering this podcast in a way that isn't you know, the norm. That's what excites me. Finally, I just want to say uh, the Snapchat's fun. I really dissed Snapchat and now I quite like it. If you would like to follow me, good luck. You'll be seeing a lot of Rich and I just, oh, like today I just, oh, you don't want to know. It's not, That sounded dodgy. It's nothing dodgy. Alicia, A-L-E-I-S-H-A-M-C-C is my Snap user name thing. Also, I've been told by iTunes, finally, the significant other feed will be up. Well, hopefully by the time you listen to this, you'll be able to search for it in iTunes, ACAR, Stitcher, Google Play, all the rest, and uh, find it and subscribe because new episodes of that that Hero podcast will be going out as of next week. <gasps> Is that a panic? God, I'm really having a giggle. We have been doing so many Vox Pops of really random topics, and I've been cutting together. We've got a whole episode talking about dick pics. Everyone's obsession with taking photos of the genitals and uh, just lots, lots of stuff. But it's it's a different sort of podcast from this podcast, but sort of the same. Same vibes, different sort of way of putting it together. I'm really proud of it and I think you are going to love it. And I can't wait to hear your feedback. Okay, until Monday's episode of the show where I am interviewing the wonderful Lucy Nisley. She is an illustrator. She's the sassiest broad I've had on the show for a while. She is someone who I really enjoyed her feedback and opinions. Lots about feminism and weddings and her wonderful book. And uh, I'm really looking forward to bringing you that episode. Thank you so much for your contributions 
your uh, t-shirt and tote buying and also the caps that I talked about. They're coming very soon. They're embroidered and it just takes some time for them to approve my design. So they are coming for all the people that have inquired. They will be up on the website ASAP. I love you all. Until next week, thebridechiller.com is where you find more information about me. Happy days. <laughs>